Hello and welcome to Vagabond Actors Podcast, where we discuss all things acting related. Now, my name is Gary Condes and I'm talking to you from London. And as always, I'm joined by my fellow musketeers <laughs> and actors and acting coaches, Andrea Helen, who is based in Mallorca, Spain. Hello, Andrea. Hello, how are you? I'm very well. How are you? I'm doing well. We're allowed to have, uh, you know, more exercise and people are in a, in a new mood these days here in Spain. So um, feeling a bit more quote unquote normal. Fantastic. And as ever, we have Brian Casp, who is based in Prague, Czech Republic. Hello there, Brian. Hi. Hey, that's kind of short and sharp today. Normally you have a very relaxed sort of... <laughs> Greeting. What's going on? I'm just, I'm just feeling good. I'm, I love talking to you. Uh, well, that's actually very useful when you're on a podcast. It is. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, ha- I'm happy to hear that because we want to hear from you today. Um, okay. And from for those of you who are new to us, we typically split this podcast into three parts. We'll have a little chat about what we've been doing with work and creativity during last week, and then we'll get on to our main topic. Uh, which we're very excited about um, mm-hmm. this week because we have some guests, our first guests Woo-hoo! on the podcast. So, yeah, that deserves <laughs> a woohoo. Uh, I feel that I should have a bottle of, as you call it, do you call it champos? I feel like I should have a bottle of something bubbly here to celebrate. We're so excited. You don't? No, I you don't. You don't have one? Oh, oh, this is a problem. Maybe I can, ahead, maybe I can get You're my child ahead. to serve me something. <laughs> Our main topic tonight, we'll be discussing and talking about the world of commercial casting. And we have with us, and we might as well just say have a quick hello to them, we have with us casting directors, Claire Toman and Tracy Saban, who are from Crocodile Casting. Hello, everyone. Hi. Hello. Welcome. (laughs) Thank you. Welcome. Hello. We're just going to kick it off. So, Brian, what have you been up to this this last week? Well... My in-person classes are continuing. They're picking up a little bit Mm -hmm. of steam. Mm -hmm. Wearing the masks in an acting class is a particular interesting challenge, (laughs) but the, the students are rising to it, to be honest. And it, and it does really give students an opportunity to express themselves, not just with their voice or their facial expressions, but also with their bodies and to really engage their bodies, which I think especially on-camera actors can kind of forget that their heads are connected to their bodies sometimes. And it's a nice impetus for them to use their bodies and to, and to send things out with their bodies. So that's been going on. Uh, this web series that I'm shooting on my own and then sending it into the director. Um, I'm going to be working on that second episode of that soon. And, uh, and I've got a, and I've got a similar kind of quarantine style film that, uh, should be kicking off here in about a few days. So that's all really exciting. And the Czech Republic has just announced that, uh, production is green, green for go. Mm. And, uh, and I've emailed the the first AD from a movie that I was supposed to be in and the lockdown hit right before we were supposed to start shooting. And so they were saying, yeah, we're going to let people know more next week. But, um, and I was like, great. It's nice to hear that it wasn't completely canceled (laughs) because you never know with these things. So it, it could be very good. We're in a transition period right now, but, uh, but I'm optimistic. Fantastic. And Andrea, what else have you been up to? Well, I'm doing so much better because my daughter heard me and she just brought me a glass of something. So um, things are looking up here. Um, <laughs> Was that the champers you were talking about? No, but it's still lovely. Um, <laughs> things are things are really changed here. It's amazing when you give people a, a degree of freedom to just be outside and to connect and meet up with their friends, it's a, it's a really beautiful thing to see after all of these weeks of separation, how people are safely, for the most part is what I'm observing, um, you know, meeting up in the plaza or uh, you're allowed now to have people in your home up to 10 10 people in your home safely. So we could, we were able to invite the girls next oh. door inside today. And it was, it's just, um, it's a sweet reward for all of these weeks of, of 
change. And um, so I'm observing that. I'm, I'm having fun observing how people are responding to it. And it's overall a really lovely thing. I'm working right. on some video projects in another direction, and um, I'm excited to do that. I'm doing a little bit of writing and scripting, and we're going to be playing with, with some video projects here. So it's all good. And on the um, production front, it seems pretty clear that a number of flights will be starting up again end of June or so to the island. So our hope is that some production will be picking up at that time as well. I'm hoping to connect with Palma Pictures, which is one of our largest production companies here, shortly with their casting mm. department and see see what their expectation is. But hopefully things are going to be swinging soon. Fantastic. I think, mm-hmm. yeah, particularly Europe is starting to get the wheels turning very slowly. I mean, here in the UK, it's a different kettle of fish. And mm-hmm. this week, what I've been doing is uh, I, put another, I put another hat on um, <laughs> and I've been putting the final touches to an edit of a feature film that I starred in last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's amazing. So, That's great. Yeah, it's I, I've kind of forgotten all about it and I've been getting on with stuff during lockdown. But um, the director... Um, kind of has reared his head from the darkness. And, um, <laughs> I must and, create. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and uh, you know, and he's some like vampire from from the editing suite. And he goes, "You remember me? And you remember this?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> shit that. Yeah, no. Can I just get on with you know lockdown Zoom coaching?" And he's like, "No, you. I need you to cast your eye over this." So I've been uh, looking at that. Um, it's very close to completion. This episode of the Vagabond Actors Podcast is brought to you by our friends at We Audition. Now look, we all know that auditioning in a pandemic sucks. You can't find the right partner, and if you do find the right partner, how are you going to connect with them in real time and have the read be seamless? Well, We Audition can help with that. They make it easy to find a partner and they take care of all the technical stuff so that you can focus on what really matters your audition, and being awesome. Not only does We Audition allow you to find partners that can help you really kick ass, you can be a partner that helps other people really kick ass and get paid for it. There's other really great benefits to being a We Audition member. You can have one-on-ones with top casting directors, you can get career advice from industry professionals, and a lot more. Right now, We Audition is offering a discount on membership to Vagabond Actors listeners when you sign up with the promo code VAGABOND25. So just go to weaudition.com, click on sign up, then click on the link where it says promo code. Put Vagabond Actors 25 in the box and you'll get 25% off your membership. Now, back to the show. But what, I, what I'd like to do, actually, and maybe ahead of time, is uh, I feel like I've got some compatriots and friends because our guests are from the UK yes. and, you know, you guys are American and, you know, you always to team up together against me during, you know, every week. <laughs> I'd like to bring in some moral support. And ahead of our main topic and just ask either Tracy or Claire uh, from Crocodile Casting whether, you know, what you've been up to the last sort of week, whether it's <laughs> work-related or creativity or even just burying your head in the sand after our Prime Minister's um, speech on Sunday. Yeah. We've we've been very creative, actually. Um, There has been a small amount of work uh, that we've been doing, um, but that's kind of really been with um, a long-standing project that we've been involved in for a long time. It's a good project, which is basically we were involved in um, sourcing some dentists to make public information films for a particular brand of toothpaste, which will remain nameless. But um, oh. we've, been involved <laughs> we've been involved in the project for a long time and we uh, it's kind of like ongoing for us. It sort of happens several times a year. So we've been really pleased to be able to be involved in that because it's mm. not actually, you know, selling anything. It's basically giving information to the public how to look after their teeth during corona time. Oh, well, mm. right. And all the dentists were really happy, very keen to participate. So that was nice. Um, and apart from that, Tracy, what have we been- uh, Well, we've also been, uh, we've, we cast a small film uh, for, a di- for a director in Germany, uh, where we did the casting, obviously, with self-tapes. 
And um, he filmed that over Zoom, everybody in their separate home. Uh, you had the director, photographer, creative director, and various others uh, that filming it all over Zoom. So they're just in the middle of editing now. And the script was great. Grandma and little kid. Mm. And we're looking forward to seeing that soon. Um, but we've also transferred our skills because uh, Claire and I do workshops uh, from time to time to drama schools or to um, organizations. And we have found that we have transferred those skills to Zoom. <laughs> Good old Zoom. Thank God for Zoom, you know. And so we've been doing a lot of workshops with I'm actors. I'm really interested though. Mm-hmm. Can I ask Brian a question? Yeah. So you work in Prague, right? You're based yeah. in Prague, but you're, mm-hmm. you, you're American. Yeah. So do you speak other languages? I speak Czech. Right. I'm pretty fluent in Czech. I don't usually act in Czech. Mm. I do sometimes, but usually they don't write roles that require foreigners to be speaking it because yeah, was, everyone can pretty much tell that I'm an American. Yeah, but. I was just curious. Like, so you get to play all the the American baddies and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, they shoot so many <laughs> World War II films here and I have had to put my foot down and say, I am not playing another Gestapo officer who's doing terrible things. I can't do it. I, I, the last one I did was in Jojo Rabbit. And I was like, that was for a good cause and, and a great film. And I can't do it anymore. But, you know, because I'm an actor and sometimes desperate, I'll, once they offer the next role, I'll, I'll probably do it. But. Claire and I both come from an acting background, to be honest mm, with you. Right. We were both actors in uh, TV, film, theater, commercials, voiceovers, everything over the years until we went into business together quite a while ago now, wasn't it, Claire? Yeah, so we're naturally very nosy. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and pushy. But how did you how did you get into casting then? How did you how did you decide to tr- cross over? Basically, I got into it because a friend of mine introduced me to a casting company and they were always taking on like actors as their part-time staff and chasing mm-hmm. kind of like the same. But we ended up working for these casting companies. There was a couple of them and mm. I mean I was with them all the time when I was like pregnant with my son and just really enjoyed the casting process as did Tracy. Mm. And gradually um I had a friend who started to ask me to do little bits and pieces. He, he was a director and did like little bits and pieces and Tracy was kind of doing the same because we'd actually met on a production of Greece uh, in York mm-hmm. World, Greece the musical. Mm. Yeah. we shared the house and everything and became friendly and we'd both been freelancing for these casting directors and then one day Tracy had a party and um, you know we'd been looking to do something together we didn't really know what and uh, they suggested that we should maybe get into casting we thought oh, <laughs> that's a good idea and mm. a Crocodile Casting was, was born you know mm. um, so and we- you've, been going, you've been going for since 1996 so that's yes. you know that's- yeah been doing it since I was 16. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, acting. Wow. We're still acting. Yeah. yeah. You haven't given that up, have you? What, the acting? Exactly. I mean, we both have very, you know, Tracy was a, initially a musical theatre artist and she played leads in the West End in musical theatre and then moved more into TV kind of later on. You know, I was more kind of like TV and film based. Um, but we both we both met on this amazing production at York, didn't we, Trace? We did. She was um, Frankie, and I was Morty. Yeah, no Frenchie. <laughs> now, I mean, I have a bit of a, a work-related question, mm-hmm. and that is, you've cast commercials for huge companies such as Ford, HBC, mm-hmm. HSBC, Vodafone, Ooh. and a personal favourite yeah. of mine while I was checking it out is Oreos. Oh, oh yeah! Oh my God. My question is: Is how are commercial auditions different from sort of theatrical or film or TV ones that you've been to as actors? There's a big difference in as far as the amount of people that you see, and commercial casting is very specific because you've got a very limited time to direct an actor with a certain amount of direction. It's not like a movie script or a, you know, or a theatre script where you can actually 
uh, you can explore the character and the character can grow and you can develop it and it has a backstory. Um, with the commercial, it's very instant acting. It's, we call it acting by numbers. You know, one, two, three, it's done. Um, and it, it is different. It's an instant thing. Actors either love it or hate it. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah, it's a bit like Marmite. <laughs> We have to kind of almost present a finished result. Do you know what I mean? Because people mm-hmm. in advertising don't really understand the process of developing a character. What they're looking for in a casting session is somebody who fits the bill straight away. Mm-hmm. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Which is why so much of commercial casting is looks-based rather mm-hmm. than talent. <laughs> a lot of that also falls into, like, because a commercial is only 30 seconds long, so you don't have that much time in, in the first instant of looking at the person, you have to get the story. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're 10 seconds long, you know, it just yeah. depends. They're not that long, 40 seconds at the most. But mm-hmm. also they always have a very, usually have a very strong idea of the kind of look or person mm. that, that they want for their commercial because mm-hmm. they spend months and months, you know, writing these things, storyboarding them. Um, sometimes they're researching them. There's an awful lot of work that goes into a commercial before it actually hits the, hits the casting stage, you know, so they've got a strong idea of what they want. Do you guys have leeway to suggest people that are off the brief? And to, because I know there's a big push now of really diversifying casting and roles that in the more theatrical or film productions, which aren't specified have historically the actors that have been called in have been more like white. And so there's a big push now in casting that if a role is not specified, that it's really open. We would and so it, are you finding that as well, or is it yeah. too, too regimented by, by the research? Not really. I think the advertising advertisers are really trying hard to be as diverse as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and we would, you know, unless it's specified, you know, obviously if, if we're casting a, a commercial where we want sort of Chinese actors, we wouldn't want to waste anybody's time by, <laughs> you know, by bringing in other other actors right. other than Chinese. But but we will always speak to the client and just, just to check that, you know, what they want is a diversity of talent. And on the whole, people are really looking towards doing that a, a lot. Most That's good. Aren't they, Tracy? It's, it's like we... Oh, a lot more now. Years ago, we used to have such a fight with that. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, it's much better. Thank goodness. Oh, that's good. Yeah. It's moving in that direction. In fact, everything yeah. has to be diverse. Where, where they're going to cast a man in a female role. <laughs> like, no, not that. Stuff like that. <laughs> but, but, you know, quite often roles are quite open. They don't know whether they want to cast a male or a female. Generally now these days, roles are open to diversity and um, all sorts of other things. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's much better than it used to be. So in the U.S., in commercial casting in particular, there's a word that's popped up in the last few years as a descriptive term, and I wonder if it's used in the U.K. And, um, and if so, what your interpretation is of the word, because I think that actors get thrown a little bit by it, and that is aspirational. Do you use this word? <laughs> yes, of course we do. Absolutely. <laughs> every, every casting brief has aspirational. What does that mean to you? To me, it means attractive, but not a model. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. it means aspirational. I would it's say what, inspirational. You know, it's the wrong word, isn't it? Aspirational. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, aspirational is like generally attractive, the kind of person that people like to see in magazines, mm-hmm. you know? Wholesome. You aspire to. Yeah, the kind of person that we, that, that we would aspire to if there mm-hmm. is such a yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of the time, what we're looking for are aspirational people in commercials. Yeah, for sure. Right, right. How often do you like to incorporate uh, an improvisational approach into your casting sessions? Is it more about the time, the product, the the goal, how much freedom you're trying to get Depends from your performance? We, we work on the on you know we we get the storyboard we see the script before we do the casting we would ask the director what he wants us to do it's not really up to us do you know what I mean they give us they tell us what we want to do if there's a room for in, uh, for improvisation we love that you know mm-hmm. Tracy and I come from an acting background so the more acting we can do with the actors we love it but you know a lot mm-hmm. of the time it's something like coming in saying your name and age and then eat a pot of yogurt. 
I mean, it depends. If we have the time, we will run the script as directed, and sometimes we're allowed to get the actor to kind of um, improvise that script, you know, mm -hmm. just to see if they'll bring something else to the table. And sometimes they really do, and then the director will pick up on that and use that in the actual shoot if the actor has shown something that they hadn't already thought mm -hmm. of. So, you know, it's a works in progress, mm -hmm. really. Mm -hmm. Teamwork. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we just don't have very much time. You know, we might be seeing, Depends. I don't know, 80 to 120 people in one day. Mm. <laughs> you know, so often there isn't, isn't time for that. It really just depends on the size of the casting, how much there is to do, all sorts of factors. We love to be able to spend time, but it's not always possible. Yeah, I think that's one of the challenges for commercial actors is, um, you know, appreciating your side of the process. And how they fit into that. In, in a way, you, you face very similar situations to actors, don't you, as freelance casting directors engaging with projects all the time and, and um, building and maintaining client relationships. Can you talk a little bit about your perspective as casting directors and obtaining your own work? Well, Tracy and I kind of see ourselves as being in recruitment, if you like. It's kind of <laughs> It's recruitment for actors. Um, it, we're, we're middlemen, um, you know, and we we explain this to actors that just like them, we have to go out and find work. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's not like right. everything lands in our lap. There's a lot of casting directors around. You know, mm -hmm. we're fortunate we've been in the business for a long time. We happen to have fallen into commercials just because of the situation when we set up. That was what our contacts were. But, but we have to source people, and it's a very competitive area. Do you know what I mean? People in this business, there's not a lot of loyalty. So you've got to make sure that as a casting person, you, you're always doing a good job because, you know, you're, we, we, we travel with our directors, if you like, and with the producers. And if suddenly they decide to use somebody else, then <laughs> we're out of a job. So I would say it's slightly less precarious in acting, but probably not that much what do you think mm -hmm. Tracy uh, I think it's kind of the same thing actually I just think we're more in charge mm -hmm. of our own career than we were when we were actors I think the process mm -hmm. is exactly the same thing you know whereas actors are reliant on their agents to get them castings we're reliant on production companies to give us jobs so that we can give the agents you know the briefs to give to their actors so you know mm -hmm. it's it just depends and when a lot of the time when the, the business isn't very busy uh, you know, we get actors phoning the office, we get agents nagging, we get studios going, oh, you're busy, we're empty. You know, the whole business sometimes is just dead like it is now. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we're all just dying to get back to doing something a bit meaty. When we get a project in, most of the time we love to talk to the director to get his slant on it. You know, um, it's sometimes we get a briefing and it's very vague. And Claire and I hate working like that. You know, we ask mm. them to give the full brief, the full background, the full treatment um, so that we can actually cast well. We can't cast well. No casting director can cast well if you're given a vague outline of what they want. So mm -hmm. the more information we can get from our directors and production company and ad agencies, uh, the better the whole end result will be for everybody. Mm. Mm. Yeah, because at the end of the day, you know, our, our main the main function for a casting director is to interpret the casting brief to our best possible ability. Do you know what I mean? So we rely on having a clear casting brief. Sometimes they're not clear at all. And over the years, you know, Tracy and I have got over 20 years of kind of reading and interpreting briefs. We've become quite good at it. You know, certain things mm -hmm. we go, oh, actually, you know, we know by that. They want an attractive woman. They don't want an actress. But actually what they really want is a model, even though they're saying they don't want it. We can kind of read between the lines because we've been doing it for such a long time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But we love it when we get something a bit out of the ordinary, you know, something that's fun. We love it when we get something that ha does, you know, some commercials do require a lot of acting. Um, yeah. And some actors are very, very good at commercial castings and others aren't so good. You know, they find the, the, the whole process some actors find it quite daunting, you know. Mm -hmm. You've got to be quite brave in commercial castings. Mm -hmm. <laughs> brave to make no, in, no inhibitions. <laughs> yeah, you can't right. have inhibitions if you want to be a commercial actor. If you get an actor in who isn't maybe so experienced at 
doing commercial castings, but you sense something in them or you like them as a, as an actor, would it be something that you would say, well, we'll call you in a few times just to see if you can start to settle more as a, as an actor? Do you have actors that you're kind of nurturing in that way? Or is it kind of like if someone comes in and isn't, isn't on the ball, you're like, well, there's other people that we can go to. To be honest with you, you can tell immediately if someone can act. You really can. I think we just got so used to it, especially uh, with commercial casting, acting. Um, Yeah, you do get actors that have Mm -hmm. off days. And sometimes, you know, you get someone in and they're amazing and you think, oh, God, i got to get them in for that next job that we're casting. And they come in and they're just not very good. Now, they could have had an off day or perhaps they're just not right for the script. They, they're not great with the dialogue on that particular day. You know, there can be all sorts mm-hmm. of reasons. Um, you can tell if someone comes in um, and they just don't have any talent. That that does happen. We go, oh, my God, we made a mistake, you know, because a lot of the time we have to go on image and faces. Claire and I do love to look at CVs and showreels when we're casting, especially when we don't know someone. You know, it's very mm-hmm. important to get a good kind of holistic view of all act of actors that presented to us when they're suggested. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, of course, we sometimes make a mistake um, with that. Most of the time, we don't, but there is but the there occasion. Are actors who are very consistently good at commercial, yeah, they just yeah. have a knack. Commercial casting is a, you know, attending commercial auditions is a knack, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a technique, definitely. Yeah. Are there any absolute no-nos um, or things that really turn you off that actors do, <laughs> maybe either in their performance or their attitude? So oh whether it's God, per- I, I hate doing commercials. <laughs> Everybody does it. When you do have men in a beer commercial, right, and you say to them, drink the beer <laughs> and look like you're enjoying it, they nod. It drives me yeah, insane. Yeah, there's nods. <laughs> they, they and then they go, hmm. And they nod their head. I've never seen anyone do that. And I think actors don't nod your head. <laughs> Stop nodding. There's nodding. your book title right there. You got your book title that right there. Don't nod your head. That is yeah. it. It doesn't drive me mad. It doesn't don't get me wrong. It doesn't irritate me. It's just, it's just hilarious how many actors and ha- how many actors nod their head. And mm. another one is like if we're doing something like a yogurt commercial, they all chew the yogurt. Oh God! People really do that. Obviously, they you know that's just a couple of really things. But I, I don't find people. I mean, only annoying things would be like maybe if an actor doesn't turn their phone off when they're coming into a casting, mm-hmm. or perhaps they might have a mouthful of chewing gum. But nothing really mm-hmm. annoys me. No, that's not not, mm. not in a big way. No, not coming on time or not showing up for their well, meeting probably would be a no-no. Yeah, but actors are pretty good. We don't really get many people just kind of like turning up late. Usually if they're going to be late, we'll get a call from their agent if they're running late. They're, they're pretty good like that, to be honest. They want the job. They're, yeah. you know, yeah. they're not in it just to muck around. They're in it because they want to earn money, especially in commercials, mm-hmm. and they want a job. They want to work. That's mm-hmm. you know, they've got... You know, so, I've really had to run in with an actor. And, and, you know, what is really nice is we get a lot of emails from actors saying how much they enjoy our castings. Uh, you know, maybe because they're very actor-friendly, because, we, you know, we try and make the process as pleasant as possible. It shouldn't be a torture. It should be enjoyable for everybody. That's you know? exactly what I wanted to ask you about. So we've talked a lot about from the actor's perspective, you know, the mental game and how to prepare and how to see your peers in the process and collaborators. And um, what are your what are your sort of priorities or or tips for creating an atmosphere in the casting room and in the waiting room in the process that you feel results in actors feeling relaxed and calm and at their best and able to be free and really show you that the best of themselves what do you what do you do to create that environment that you're getting that feedback for mm-hmm. Well, I think, you know, there are actors are nervous when they come into casting. They can be nervous for all castings. And I think Claire and I just make them feel at ease because we're just natural. We're just real people trying to do, you know, a real good job. And we have a laugh with them. You Mm -hmm. know, it it should be just a relaxed atmosphere. 
Mm. We don't want them to feel self-conscious. We want them to go out of the casting room feeling really good about themselves. We always Mm -hmm. tell them that, you know, we want them to go out there feeling happy with the last performance that they did with us. Um, And Mm. even if they don't get the job, it's not the end of the world. Just go out there feeling good. So your self-esteem is intact. Your confidence is still there. And that's what we try and bring home to each, to each actor as they come in so that they go out and they go, Oh, that was really good. And they're Mm. not bothered if they get the job or not. You know, they know they Mm -hmm. feel good. I can remember as an actor, sometimes, you know, going into these castings, I used to do a lot of commercials when I was an actor and, you know, at the beginning feeling really quite intimidated Mm. You know, you'd have somebody like standing there just kind of like looking really disinterested. So I think Tracy and I are fortunate in that respect as we've been down that road and we know what mm. it's like. And we always, always try, you know, if I've got time to, I'm, I'm well known for my commercial castings running late because I talk so much. If somebody's <laughs> tangent and we'll have a conversation and I'll take down there you know they might tell me something interesting I'll write it down I'm too nosy really but if there's time to do that we all, we always will because I can remember that feeling of just kind of like going in yes. doing something, nobody giving me any feedback and just leaving mm. and thinking oh, I did that really badly so mm. we don't want people to feel like that you also see that reflected in the performance if you are creating that atmosphere of relaxation and connection uh, yeah. And genuine interest and authenticity. That's right. You probably see their shoulders dropping in front of your eyes as they say, "Oh, this is a this is a safe space." Yeah, exactly. And mm-hmm. sometimes actors will come in and go, "Oh, sorry, I'm really nervous." And we'll, we'll always try to put them at their ease, always, mm-hmm. as long as we've got as long as we've got time to do it. So mm-hmm. you know, I think you know what Tracy and I are very privileged to be in a in a profession that we love, you know, mm-hmm. and we're mm-hmm. always constantly aware of that we love it I think if you don't enjoy casting you shouldn't be doing it if you don't enjoy acting you shouldn't be doing it yeah but we also love directing the actors we love to see that journey that they make even if it's a 10 second commercial you know Mm -hmm. from the moment they get the script we work on the script we get a better kind of performance from them and actually we don't want to let them go until we're happy with it and they're happy with it so that Mm -hmm. they're very relaxed by the time they go out nobody feels nervous at all you know, they all feel, they all have a really good time at our castings. And we know mm-hmm. that because so many tell us that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Can I ask you a question um, about today's scenario and how it might impact you? I had a casting call out of the U.S. for a communications tool uh, that's being used quite a bit during the COVID crisis. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I wonder what that is. No names, no names will be no And it was a really creative campaign, I thought, and I think it will be successful when it launches. But it did require um, extensive production quality demands from the performers at their homes. So in other words, they were going to bring you around the equipment and you were going to film the commercial yourself. <laughs> Pretty much. That was pretty much it. And so they were not only asking you to perform in it, but to pay attention, you know, to the lighting and the camera and get the highest quality camera you had your eyes on, have somebody in your household um, who who was able to shoot it for you, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. create a kind of a space where depending on the role, you were able to do the activity in the space. So you were, you know, you were location manager, uh, gaffer. Like, everything you were everything it's, it's such a big ask there's only so many commercials that you can shoot in somebody's living room mm-hmm. <laughs> a, you know but I mean we've we've had something a really good tv series here called isolation stories I don't know if you've seen mm. it on the BBC mm. where they're dramas and they were shot within the actors homes and they were using like if it was one of them had a father and a son in it um Mm -hmm. another one was like a was like a solo thing they were they were really good like 15 minute dramas and the camera work was done by you know the husbands and wives and all that kind of thing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but I just I just find I mean, it is a necessity at the moment, and I think it's great that people can still get jobs like this. Um, yes. You know, but actors are such social beings. Do we really want to be cooped up in the confines of our houses for the rest of our lives, shooting commercials and films and having to do everything? I don't know. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you from that one scene in a web series that it's not fun to do that. I would rather have a crew. 
I mean, yeah. we've just personally say that there's, you know, there's new filming regulations coming out all the time saying, yeah, it's filming mm-hmm. going to be happening, but you've got to do social distancing and all that kind of stuff. I mm-hmm. mean, I really mm-hmm. think that until this is all over and done with, it is going to be very difficult. Mm-hmm. But I think as soon as people are really kind of like allowed out and about, then hopefully at least small shoots will be able to take place in person. And there, there are film companies who have developed kind of remote filming platforms as well, aren't there? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's really advanced technology in that sense but it would make me you know for instance at the moment you know all our casting is probably going to be remote which for me and Tracy Mm -hmm. is fine but Mm -hmm. you know it's going to close all the casting studios they're going to be out of business there won't be any work to put in them and that's really sad we have very long-standing relationships with the casting studios in London but Mm. I think they're probably going to be redundant we should probably talk about your workshops and how those happen it basically started with us um deciding to do a couple of free workshops and because they were so popular we extended them and they're like in massive demand so how many are we doing tracy we do about four a week and as one gets filled up we put another one out and they just keep filling it's incredible and you know something the feedback from these workshops because actors suddenly feel connected again they're not Mm -hmm. acting but when they come on to zoom with us and all the other people in the workshop we only have 18 at the most um some people know each other you know it becomes a really beautiful atmosphere and you forget actually that you're on zoom after a while you know everybody's relaxed they're in their own homes they're having a Mm. cup of coffee gin and tonic or whatever and you know they're, they're just really relaxed and we get through a huge amount of uh, of workshop of information um, that is supposed to take two hours but it always takes over two and a half hours so be prepared you know <laughs> what kinds what time. kinds of things do you guys cover well we cover everything the a to z of casting plus we do some scripts we do a script oh, wow. at the end so we direct them as in a proper commercial casting so it's mm-hmm. as near as they're going to get some people have never done commercials before some people have done commercials before but they still want to come up for the workshop um, and for ones that haven't done any commercials or been up for a commercial casting before it's great because because they're actually learning a technique that perhaps they didn't get time to do at their drama school, because a lot of the drama schools, you know, unfortunately for their third-year students, it's been Mm. cut really short, um, and they didn't get to the commercial casting side. So they're joining our workshops just to learn that technique. We talk about everything from casting to uh, spotlight. We go through every single thing, and we have Mm. a question-and-answer session that goes on, for quite a while because there's always so many questions. So, um, mm. And then we end with the script that we send them up. Uh, we send them about 48 hours beforehand. They are, they're supposed to learn the lines. <laughs> some do, some don't, <laughs> as always with anything. And then does, we direct them. That, do they get points off if they, don't, if they haven't learned it? We're not that cruel. <laughs> not yet. Because <Okay. laughs> it's not a real casting. But yeah. you know what? We've met some great talent during this time and we make a note of everybody that comes to the workshop and we make a note for them for future casting. So it's, it's fantastic. It's been a great um, learning curve for all of us in this because we've managed to transfer it to zoom instead of in a, you know, in a, in a place in a hotel or in a school or, or Mm. something like that. So it's worked really, really well. When are your next workshops? What actual dates are they? Uh, We just filled this Thursday. We've got a few places left for this Saturday coming. It goes on our website. So people should just check your website? Yeah. com. And if you go to our um, workshop tab, there is a a £10 admin fee, because obviously there's a lot of admin to do with that, but it is a two and a half hour workshop. So it's, it's, it's really good. We've had... You know, you can go on our website and you can see um, reviews that people have left there. And they've all been really positive. Fantastic. Well, that's great value. £10. Yeah, that's yeah. good value. Everybody tells us it's good value. But you know what? We want to give something back to the actors as well. We would never make it too expensive because who can afford it anyway? So, you know... We, we, we get great enjoyment from it. There's a great energy coming mm. off of that little laptop mm. that we have mm. with, you know, 18 people in the room. It's fantastic, in the Zoom yeah. room. Because we all feel like friends at the end of it, don't we? At the end of it, yeah. it's like, oh, we've spent, you know, nearly three hours with these people. And uh, it's, it's really, really, um, it's just a great opportunity to meet people. Yeah, yeah. Can I ask you guys something about a casting 
directors doing workshops in general. It's certainly crossed my mind as someone who isn't living in London currently, mm-hmm. who might want to use a casting workshop or something along those lines to to develop a relationship with a casting director, to feel what it's like to fly in, do the workshop and fly out because that mirrors the experience that I have flying in for actual auditions and and the pressure of flying in to do this five minute thing Mm -hmm. and then flying out and spending all that money. Mm -hmm. So is that something that you guys generally find that is beneficial to actors to do like general casting workshops? Yeah, it's a specific workshop on the commercial casting aspect of casting. It's not a drama workshop, but they do cross over. All casting crosses over. The privilege Claire and I get is actually for the real casting world we get to see thousands of people through the year you know Mm -hmm. with casting a movie you don't get to see thousands of people we may get fantastic talent coming that we can you know we can monitor them and they see how they're going in their career maybe they started in a commercial and now they're in a great you know in a in a top american series or something like that Mm -hmm. so you know i think it's really beneficial to do a workshop I mean, if I was acting still, if I was a young actor, I would want to do a workshop with a casting director. When we were young, we all wanted to meet casting directors, you know, and do workshops with them. That's how you get to meet people, especially if you are um, an actor who is self-represented or even if your agent hasn't been pushing you in the commercial casting direction. Some agents don't. You know, some agents are purely theatre, so those actors never get a chance to go up for a commercial casting And, you know, as we said, we go all over the UK uh, to cast commercials. Sometimes we go abroad. And we've had lots of uh, actors from abroad doing our workshops, Mm. coming in from all different countries, from Finland, from Austria, from Germany, from Spain. You know, we've had all different, so it's great. And now it's cool because those people who are not living in London aren't going to be hampered by the geography. Exactly. They actually have a benefit of uh, that. You have the zoom sessions because then you can offer it to actors anywhere. I think anywhere in the world that speak English, (laughs) they have to speak English. (laughs) You're not, you're not going to learn Czech to, uh, to teach the workshop. I was going to do it in Mandarin actually, but you know, there you go. (laughs) Workshops. I think people will stay doing stuff on zoom because I mean, Mm. I don't know if you've, you've done any of it yourself, but there's so Mm -hmm. much going on moment in terms of mm. all sorts of different things and especially you know for people wanting to join from abroad it's a great mm-hmm. idea I think a lot of people I mean it's like Tracy and I we do a an exercise class every morning don't we we do <laughs> we right. do a live exercise class we're addicted to it and, wow. and she's going to be carrying on doing it because it's been yeah. so successful there's a big demand for it you know just following on from that in terms of um where you draw people from obviously you go through agents and you are gathering people through your workshops as well which is a great way of meeting people but do you ever do you ever what well, first of all accept sort of drama showreels straight acting showreels yes all the um all the drama schools at the moment m- probably much more so than we would normally do because you know it's not so relevant for commercial casting people to go and watch stage you know mm. drama things at drama right. schools but we're watching all the final year stuff because it's being sent to us, all the, you know, all the monologues and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's great. That's good. That's good to know. Mm-hmm. And what, what do you like to see in a, in a show reel? Like what's your ideal show reel? For a car, for a commercial casting. Sure. Or I, I would love to hear the commercial casting, but if you have an idea of what you would want to see, if you, if you were casting a drama as well or a comedy. Well, we do sometimes cast drama and comedy. So what we're looking for to begin with, we will look at uh, the show reel that the actor has presented. Uh, that may be a variety of different things on there, all the different roles they've played. Uh, can be a good quality one or a bad quality one. That depends. Uh, we may look at, listen to a voice reel if they've got voice reel. We may, for obviously for a commercial, look at a commercial reel. Uh, we may look at their website if they have a website, IMDb if they have IMDb. Um, we use all different tools really to try and find the right talent for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and we look, of course, at their CV and what is relevant and what isn't relevant for the project that we're casting. But we're always looking at everything. We don't miss out anyone when we cast. Mm-hmm. It takes a while, but Claire and I always plough through everybody to give it a fair chance. It's Otherwise, amazing. it isn't fair to anybody in the business. And as you were saying before, real people too. 
Yeah, we source them from everywhere. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, you use the social media. You can you can source people from anywhere, even Mars. <laughs> mm-hmm. That includes unrepresented people. Always, yeah, of course. Yeah. Right. Sure. Of course. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you want to talk about that we haven't touched on? I think a message to people, you know, I think we get a lot of questions from people when we do these workshops and they say, oh, do you know what the business is going to be like? I mean, obviously we're not the Oracle, but we would really urge people to stay positive, you know, and to, and to take advantage of all the stuff that's going on online at the moment, try and get to see as many casting people, do as many workshops as you can. Because I think, you know, all you can do is stay positive, isn't it? You know? Yeah, as an actor, you've got to keep the faith. Yeah, I don't really have. Yeah. And it will go back. We all know it's going to go back. It may not go back exactly as or as quick as we'd like it to go back, but it will go back for mm. everybody. Yeah, This mm. isn't the forever right now. Well, I just think it just proves that actors are resilient, if uh, if nothing else, and also adaptable because they, they, mm-hmm. they're faced with that even without a pandemic. But this mm-hmm. just makes it more acute and more intense and, and, and more limiting, but... You know, mm. actors always tend to find a way of of uh, becoming centre stage. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, there's a lot of actors doing other jobs right now. You know, a couple of them were stacking shelves this afternoon, you know, that we were Not speaking to on the workshop. No, no, they weren't doing it then. But, uh, you know, they stack shelves in, in supermarkets. Yeah. They all, they do all sorts of work. Some are care workers. You know, they every, every actor usually does a second job because acting will not pay you, a, you know, full-time salary we all know that so uh you know they've all got something else up their sleeve to do for mm, the most yeah. part yeah so stay positive keep the faith positivity yeah. is the key it'll pass this yeah. too will pass yeah exactly. to, quote, to quote um danny in uh, with nail and i be mm. seated it will pass that's it <laughs> yeah. that's it and it will and how can people best get in touch with you so they can email us at crocodilecasting at gmail.com or they can book onto one of our lovely workshops at www.crocodilecasting.com or they can, yeah, really emailing, I suppose, is the best way mm-hmm. to tracing, I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, we if we get inundated with actors emailing us right now with their show reels and everything else, it's quite difficult. We will look at some of them, but there's nothing we can offer them, you know, when it comes to a casting at this moment in time. Um, okay. And we always say that to actors. But, you know, with pleasure, they can email us. Of course they can. And uh, we would just suggest do the workshop. Um, it's a lovely afternoon, full of fun. Everybody feels great by the end of it. Um, and, and do other workshops as well. There really yeah. are. There's a lot of stuff out there, and I think everybody should tap into whatever they can. Mm, definitely. While we've got this, while we've got this time, got to think positive about this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually. Yeah. I'll just put my teacher hat on and say to the people listening that if you do email uh, Claire and Tracy, don't include full-sized photos. Don't include megabyte-sized photos. No. You can include a link to your showreel or your spotlight page or something like that that they can look at if they want to, but don't flood their inbox. Yeah. This and be polite. Sent, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> you never know. I mean, and that's that's one of the things that we've talked about, that yeah. sometimes actors will send in a, head, a headshot or something like that, and, it's, and, the, and the file name is image... And a bunch of numbers and no name attached to it. And so one of my biggest bugbears as we're talking about that is, and we get a lot of um, emails every day. And some of the times they're addressed to, Hey guys, how are you doing? <laughs> that is my Dear casting director. Yeah. Dear Tracy and Claire. Yes. That's it. Find our names and on spell Google. it correctly. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> dear sir. <laughs> we do get dear that. Dear sir or madame. We do get dear sirs. <laughs> Straight in the trash. Yeah. 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 You got to do your. You got to do research if you're reaching out. We even get that from production companies. To be honest, sometimes we get hello. We're, you know, we've got this yeah. project that we're pitching for. Hello. Like, okay, we know you're sending it to 40,000 other people right. out there, you know, so we know that's not going to go anywhere. It's a bit personal, you know? Yeah, should be yeah. personal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. good. Just really quickly, you did mention commercial 
uh, reels. So do you, do you feel that most actors who are working regularly do have here in Europe, a commercial reel specifically for casting on their spotlight? Not everyone has reels. It depends. Mm. There's the, there's different qualities Mm. of show reels. Um, and we do cover that in our workshops. We can talk to actors about that and we can ask us, you know, they can ask us personal questions about that during the workshop, uh, session. But, yeah, uh, we don't want them to give away all their secrets. I know. Oh, we have so many secrets. You have no idea. <laughs> no, I think it's really, really wonderful that you're doing the workshops too, because it's it's funny in a way, and we've, we've spoken about this over the weeks, um, mm. even though we can't be physically performing with other actors right now, the, the technology does create so many opportunities for connection in real time. And I think that actors and other creative types, casting directors certainly included, may have a certain advantage with using this because we're used to thinking a little bit outside of the box and Mm -hmm. we are seeking a way to creatively connect with one another. And so I think it's really tremendous that you're doing these workshops and, and so happy that you're getting such a terrific response. Thank you. Yeah, I'm glad this oh, great. COVID. I want to join. I want to do one. <laughs> Me too. Come and join us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll put you through your acting paces. There you go. There you okay. Go. I'm, I'm ready. Next. So, any top tips on what has moved you or wowed you this week? Performances, shows, music, art, anything? For me, there's two, actually. <laughs> one was uh, the National Theatre's stream production of Dracula, which I thought was. Um, amazing frankenstein sorry (laughs) which i thought was amazing and the other thing has to be normal people you took the words Mm. out of my mouth claire yeah people are going nuts for this show it's wonderful people are really going nuts for this show it's so beautifully acted Mm -hmm. i can't tell you i was it was it was beautiful amazing yeah just yes my favorite at the moment that one fabulous Mm -hmm. Mm. Once you start watching it, that's it. I think I binged on about six episodes all at once. <laughs> it was beautiful. Where is that? It's on uh, is BBC it? iPlayer. Okay, yeah. on iPlayer. Yeah, okay. it's a, it's a, it was a big hit. The book was a big hit by Sally. What's her name? Sally Cooney. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, the the two yeah. leads in it are absolutely remarkable. Yeah, it? Daisy Edgar Jones and Paul Meskell. They yeah. are. Phenomenal. No social distancing from them, let me tell you. <laughs> a little bit saucy in places. So, you know, but just that. beautifully shot, isn't it? It's so beautiful to watch. Gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend. Great. Not really a boy thing. It's more of a girl thing, really. Oh, my oh, husband loved not, it. My husband loved not, it. Let's not assign gender roles to things. Yeah. I think we are in a we're in a post gender role. <laughs> no, I know, but most very open I, society. I, I, Come on, well, I'm not going to watch that. You know, so I don't know. My uh, husband loved it. Oh. Yeah, and we're actors too. We should be more open and vulnerable you than should. you know the people yeah. down in the pub. I take that back. <laughs> <laughs> people down the pub. There you go. <laughs> They're gonna, you're gonna have complaints on this. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Which pub? <laughs> They've all got a voice and an opinion, and I think yeah. <laughs> just trying to be a little bit more English, just a little bit. Yeah, and screwed yeah. it up. <laughs> Andrea, save me. Uh, what are you? What are you watching? I'm rather enjoying this. Do I have to save you? Um, no, no. You got to cut. Get save me. Come oh, on, fellow Americans. Okay, seriously, I have not discovered anything terribly new except uh, my daughter discovered. Mod- I have a 14 year old daughter, and mm-hmm. so I'm seeing age appropriate material <laughs> and not much adult material. So. Uh, we're, I'm re-watching Modern Family and taking a look at that and the writing and the performances. And that's that's been an interesting review uh, of what was a very successful American comedy series. And uh, the thing that stood out to me, though, this week is if you have five minutes, go online and take a look at the work that of the ballerinas from around the world. Um, I believe it was 31 ballerinas who were... Um, 
who joined together to create this video to raise funds for dancers who may be struggling financially right now with live performances, of course, having been canceled. And it's just stunning. Misty Copeland, who's, um, of course, principal dancer with the American Ballet Theater, was one of the organizers of this. And it's just, it's just beautiful. It's, um, they're, they're performing. Have you seen it? I've been following a lot of ballet stuff, but a lot of it on um, like on on Instagram. What yeah. is this that you're talking about? It's called Swans for Relief. So they dance a very famous dance from Swan Lake. So I think it's hashtag Swans for Relief. You can find it, I believe. Oh. You can find it on. They're like doing it in their kitchens and stuff. They're yeah. dancing in their home. Yes, I've seen it's some. Just, it's just mesmerizing and. Um, yeah. We, we spoke about this before. There's something very special that I'm finding in seeing these kind of performances, whether it's virtual orchestras or performances like this, where I'm, I get so up close with the performer in such a new way that I feel it's actually very intimate. And, and I'm always, it always gets me on this, this, um, imagination path of considering the years and years of work that they put into becoming so excellent and Mm -hmm. what makes them each unique life it's such Mm -hmm. a hard life and so you're looking now i'm looking at their body types and their styles and where they're from and um you know their, their expressiveness their lines um i mean it's just not to compare them but to find out what makes each one so very special. And oftentimes when you're watching live a ballet performance, for example, you're so focused maybe on that principal dancer's performance that you're missing the, you know, you're missing others. Uh, And this gives me an opportunity to sort of revel in 31 dancers, unique takes on this role and their own, their own unique beauty. I, I highly recommend it. There's so much great ballet stuff. I actually did an exercise class with the American Ballet the other day. <gasps> oh. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, it was brilliant. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, I mean, it, 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 is, it is quite remarkable, the discipline and the, 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 what they have to go through to train. I really wish actors had that discipline mm-hmm. a lot of the time, mm-hmm. some actors, because a lot of them do. But, you know, when you compare – when you compare – actors a lot of actors and the way they train in comparison to to dancers and particularly ballet dancers. any other yes. fine artist wow I mean, it's just you it's know the discipline is phenomenal yeah. i did and ballet till i was 16 my feet were whipped mm-hmm. until yeah. i was 16 and i, I gave it up it's yeah. very harsh life yeah. very harsh life yeah Often, yeah you know you spend your whole career in the corps de ballet you never yeah. play the principal parts i mean That's and then right. you your career is over by the time you're what thirty. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. Yeah. right. It's, it's brutal. Brutal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, so they're hoping they're hoping to raise five million dollars. Um, of course, that you can you can view the video for free, and they're accepting donations if you if you wish. But it's it's really it's really mesmerizing. So I highly recommend. Mm-hmm. And if you've got an extra fiber, as they say, um, send it their way. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Right. Great. What about you, Gary? What have you watched this week? The standout thing for me this last week was um, I watched Dog Day Afternoon, that classic mm, God, yeah. uh, with Al Pacino and John Cazale. But particularly, you know, I'm a massive Pacino fan and he gives his brilliant performance and full of energy and powerhouse bravura. But, you know, it's John Cazale's, his performance is the epitome of understatement. I think that's one of the greatest mm understated performances um uh, and he was great at that anyway but he gives such a quiet subtle performance and he kind of almost disappears into his character and but he's still so alive and um um uh, yeah i just think it's character acting at its finest and uh, you know and i think it's such a great counterbalance whether it was engineered that way before the director Sidney lumet but the john cazale's quiet performance uh, intense, quiet performance allowed Pacino to shine and mm. the freedom for him to do his stuff and, and go big and energetic. Mm. But uh, yeah, I think that's that's the one thing that stood out for me. And I was I've seen it a few times and I haven't seen it for a long, long time. Mm. I was just kind of you know I, I'm always, I was almost moved to tears by the end of it because I just thought this is this mm. is just a brilliant mm-hmm. you know a brilliant movie and also 
it's kind of, it's set in a bank. It's a heist and they're all mm. quarantined in a bank. And it was kind of like, <laughs> here's me in lockdown watching people in lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> so it added to the experience anyway. Yeah. yeah. So, so Dog Day Afternoon, both performances, Pacino, Cazal, but particularly, you know, it could go under the radar, but check out Cazal's performance if you haven't seen it. Well, I think we did it, you guys. Yes, we've had our first guest and what stars they are. We're so excited. Amazing. It's so good. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Oh, wow. You really do have champagne. <laughs> All right. Thank you both. Thanks, guys. Take care, Barry. Take right. care. Keep safe. Yeah. yeah, you too. All the best. Bye. Bye.